Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! doesn't taste good because he just ate an entire handful of black licorice. Welcome to our Wednesday. What's up, everybody? Rajim Seabrook, roll with me, Coulter Nuanas. He's eating, what, where is it from? The girls up front got Danish candy or something like that. It's from some Australian. Australian candy. Licorice, bro. It's it, good. It's delicious. It's, it's just. It's a matter of opinion, that's for sure. And in my opinion, it's delicious. Rajim Seabrook here on Nuanas now. He, what up? He's drinking a kombucha, and uh, he's like, this doesn't taste very good. I was like, it's because you're eating handfuls of black licorice right before we go on the air. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. Oh, wow. It's always a moving target this time of year whenever Raj swings by, usually about once a week, but. Uh, uh, we are uh, we were planning Friday. Now he's here, so we shuffled some stuff around. I know I teased yesterday Colby Dant from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network coming on. Colby, kind enough to shift with us, so he'll join us tomorrow, and that's fine because all we're talking about is Sweet 16 basketball games anyway, so he'll have his best bets and uh, all his gambling advice to break down the entire uh, Sweet 16 field. So today, it'll just be Rajim and I rolling here from start to finish. We got a lot of stuff to get to. It's that time of year when this show really loosens up and broadens, and uh, I'm excited for it. Uh, so a lot of broad topics to get to. We'll talk, of course, a bunch of March Madness. Also, I've been reading this really fun Wilt Chamberlain book that I talked about on the show a couple times already. But it just makes me wonder, and it's sort of the same thing why we've been doing this this lesson in history all the time. Why is it that legends fade? How long does it take legends to fade? What are the things that make certain legends endure forever? So we'll talk about some of the uh, long uh, but not forgotten legends of the past here today. We also got some NBA talk. We also got some NFL talk. And uh, we're just going to have a whole bunch of fun. So thanks for being here. Uh, you can always stream the show on the ESPN MT app or on our station website, 1029ESPN.com. And if you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Remember that number. All guests join us via the Rangers Brothers Army phone line. We got free wings for you coming up courtesy of the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill about 40, 45 minutes from now. So uh, stay tuned for that. 888-1029 is how you're going to reach us. Uh, PSA on our bracket challenge, twofold one. Congratulations to the folks that remain alive. Yours truly, I'm in 138th place in, in, my, in my own bracket challenge. I wish Raj's bracket that he's got written out was in here so I could see where we stacked up together. But there are some of you that have quite a few points. I mean, there's there's two people in our ESPN MT bracket that have 470 points in this thing. That's 99.6 percentile nationally. I'm, for example, have 370 points, so 100 less than our leaders, and I'm only 54.8 percentile. So um, there is some people that are doing pretty darn good in our bracket challenge. Um, we have to say 
continued thanks to our great partners at Katie O'Keefe's. Uh, they are providing a $500 cash prize for uh, the winner. So um, appreciate them. If you need somewhere to go hang out for the games on Thursday or Friday, uh, head on down to Katie O'Keefe's there in the Stevens Center. Uh, 2100 Stevens Avenue, the specific address, and then uh, you'll see them there uh, just at the end there uh, of the mall at the Stevens Center. Other PSA, though, is I guess two things I need from you. One, go enter our second chance bracket. Even if you're already winning or you're in the contention for the uh, the main bracket, go enter our second chance bracket. Uh, you're basically just picking from the Sweet 16 on. we got a bunch of great prizes. Uh, our presenting sponsors for our second chance bracket are uh, both Dazzler's Car Wash and Paradise Falls. So uh, go get your second chances in same place, ESPN.com. And then the third thing is one of the biggest challenges we have is we can see your names and your usernames, but we can't actually access your information off of ESPN.com. So if you know that you're in contention or uh, you, you know, you're tracking it, you're listening to the show, just text us, 406-888-1029, and just say, hey, my username is this, so that we can start to collect them. I'll put more pressure on you as we get more towards the end and we need the winners. But if you're just thinking about it, you're listening, we're talking about the Bracket Challenge, just text 406-888-1029 and just say, hey, this is, and my username is this, so we can uh, continue to track it. Uh, what's up, dude? I haven't seen you in a little while. I guess you were here last week, but I... I, I Where's your sense of time, well, dude? See, that's the thing is you made me laugh so hard last time you were here that I just have been missing you since then. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> it's good to see I you, love man. You. I love yeah, our movie targets. The intent of your words matched the impact of love I just felt. Uh, yeah, heart. exactly. I appreciate that. Uh, we were having an off-camera, off-air debate. We are talking about great stand-up comedians because you were doing your best Chris Tucker. And I was, it was pretty good. It was really good. It's pretty I, good. And I was, and Chris Tucker's not as much of a stand-up comedian as more like a film comedian, but I loved Chris Tucker. Yep. Friday and Rush Hour, those are top of my like favorite movies, you know, childhood slash teenage years. Uh, but then I made the bold claim that I actually preferred Chris Tucker to Chris Rock. And you were saying, nah, man, Chris Rock has the better catalog. Well, you know, you, you didn't use the word prefer. Because if you sure, would have sure, said sure. prefer, I wouldn't I have debated it. You I, did, said, I, I did say better. See, You see, ladies and gentlemen, context, okay? Now, now you know. I don't know why. Chris Rock has kind of always annoyed me. Well, because he's kind of annoying. Like, well, that's I, like his shtick, But right? I think that's kind of his shtick. Like, yeah. he, he has the, the, the Kevin weird Hart's face. Kevin Hart's kind of annoying, and, too. Um, yeah, and, and you either you, you love it or you loathe it. Um, and I, I do think for a couple of years, Chris Tucker had a bit more limelight. But part of that, he's a bigger movie actor than Chris Rock when he is. Hooked, he hitches back into Jackie Chan, and that was a great franchise. Friday oh, totally. was also a great franchise. I mean, totally. When you get multiple remakes, and then you can throw Money Talks in the middle, and it's like, oh, oh now, yeah. now all of a sudden you've been in seven movies in three years, and you're world famous. And you're the same character in every role. <laughs> right. It right. makes it pretty right. easy. So, right. But I think you know the longevity and the overall uh, uh, um, you know frame of work uh, – I'm going to say Chris Rock, man. Let's play a little buy-sell. This is just completely off the top of my head. Uh, <laughs> Stand-up comedians. You buying or selling Eddie Murphy? You Eddie Murphy guy? Oh, see, that's hard because, like, early Eddie Murphy is brilliant. He's also it, brutal, man. If you brutal. Listen, like, we like, he, could, he, couldn't, he couldn't do his stand-up routine oh, now. Oh, man. Eddie Murphy's, like, first three or four stand-ups oh. that were, like, on record. Yeah. We we found some vinyls we were listening to. Buddy, you, I mean, they are so funny. They're but, so hilarious. But they're so inappropriate. Oh, I mean, dude, oh, you can go half further of back. it is just canceled. Oh, it, the whole thing would just be totally canceled. Absolutely, he would probably get sued now. Um, but great stuff. I would, if you look at the whole body of work, I'm buying Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is definitely one of the trailblazers for sure. Absolutely, um, he. Yeah, probably Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor in terms of black stand-up comedians really blazed the trail. But Eddie Murphy he, was like the first one to be a true like superstar. Well, I, what happened was the uh, he had started with with SNL, right? And then had great had a great uh, you know outside of SNL career too. Trading Places, Forty Eight Hours, Another Forty Eight Hours, Beverly Hill Cops, like actually like good you know early eighties coming um, to America, coming to America, pop culture phenoms, For and sure. I mean just. Huge. So, like, again, when you add his body of work, like early Eddie Murphy, uh, I think it kind of negates later bad, <laughs> later uh, Eddie Murphy, and he kind of hits a nice, happy medium. Okay, uh, buy or sell uh, Robin Williams. You Robin Williams oh, guy? Bu oh, buy. Oh, buy you, oh, all dude, day, oh, dude. All day. Like, stand-up, television, movies, characters, voice. Like, 
top ten comedian of all time. Oh, I mean, he's one of the great actors of all time, then, too. I mean, yeah, I mean, I he's mean, had multiple Academy Award-worthy yeah, I mean, non-comedy roles, we're not too. E- and we're not, exactly. We're not even going into, like, you know, his overlap and intersection in other areas. I mean, if we're talking just pure comedic genius, yeah. come on, man. Like, he's if he's not one of the first... Again, like T minus t- t- 10 out of your mouth, like yeah, yeah. Uh, top comedians of all time. I got to question your sanity. Well, he, Robin Williams can do it all. Rajim Seabrook rolling with me, Coulter Nuance yeah. here on Nuance Now. We have somehow already gone completely off the rails nine minutes into the what show. What else is you? Uh, what no, else is what, new? What else is new? We're doing, we're doing buy, sell, top 10. We're not even top 10. We're just doing buy and sell various stand up comedians. That's whoever comes to the top of my mind. Rob Williams is so ridiculous, though, because. He, he's got the punchlines, but he's also got the impersonations, but he's also got the characters, and he's also got the weird noises and, like, the weird... Like, he's Jim Carrey and George Carlin and, you know, him his own... I mean, there's certain things that Rob Williams does that no one else does. That's oh, it, it's called being zany. So zany, Zany, right? like, you right. can't... A, a lot of uh, comedians can't use that uh, attribute. They're, they're funny, they're witty, yeah. they're, they're, they're quick. Zany adds a different layer, you know. It's it's great. It's great. Speaking, speaking of these guys, yes, sir. Similar vein, George Carlin. Are you a George Carlin guy? Yeah. Oh yeah. I like George Carlin oh, yeah. too. He's he's grown on me. My parents liked it a lot more when I was a kid, and I didn't really like it because you know you don't want yeah to go all the way down what mom and dad likes. But he's pretty funny. He's pretty funny. Like you, it, and he has a really passive way of slipping in social commentary to oh, for stuff sure. Too. That's what I do enjoy about him. So yeah, Richard Pryor. Oh, come on. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, of course. For sure. Especially because he's a New York guy, right? Yeah, and a brutally honest one. Like, right. most of his comedy is right. about him. Like, if right. you listen right. to right. his stuff, like, it's, you know, he laughs to keep from crying. Brilliant man. Um, tragedy the way you, the, the, his end of life is with his uh, with, with some of his afflictions. Dave Chappelle? Oh, come on, man. I know, I know. Dave Chappelle was at the Come same on. time, way ahead of his time, and also came at the perfect time. Because he's another one that was, like, so edgy that he was probably, it, today, this day and age, everybody would just be mad at him. He's this generation's Richard Pryor. Yeah, like, yeah. That's who I liken yeah, yeah. him uh, to, uh, to you know, comparison and contrast. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Charlie Murphy. Like, come <laughs> on. Like, you just can't. You can't. <laughs> You can't beat that. Like it's just, it's great stuff. But listen, folks, we're here to talk about sports. Let's, let's not get too far off, yeah, yeah, yeah. off the track. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's bring it. Let's rope it. Let's rein it in. I always think that probably one of the hardest things in the world is being an NBA player. One of the second hardest things in the world is being a stand-up comedian. This day and age, Jamie Fox said that on on the shop LeBron James talk show. He said, "What am I supposed to joke about if everybody gets offended by everything? How am I supposed to make fun of you if I can't make fun of you anymore?" Anyways, we digress. Um, we were. I, I was texting you last night about Wilt Chamberlain. I, yeah, you, you, let's you, talk about that. You hit me up while I was reading my book. Here's the part of the book I read last night, and this is just another accentuation onto the legend. This book is epic. Wilt Chamberlain is such a legend, not just because he's, you know, 7'2", 275, and just a, a giant among men, but also just the, his exploits are crazy. Like, the eating an apple pie and drinking a whole jug of milk during halftime, I don't even know how you do that, right? But this is the part I read last night. On November 7th, 1969, Wilt Chamberlain was in the midst of uh, the early parts of his third season with the Lakers. He, at this point in this specific game, was 13 of 13 from the floor, had 33 points and 22 rebounds. At this exact moment, non-contact injury, he blows his patella tendon. Now, this is in, mind you, this is in 1969. So there is not medical technology when it comes to, I mean, you could get surgery or whatever, but it is a far cry from Dr. James Andrews fixing your knee, right? And he's also someone that is of the size and stature at this moment in time that he's almost completely unique. So... Just the rehabilitation for someone of that size. There had really been no nothing proof that it could happen. So when this happens, a lot of pundits are saying that's it for Will Chamberlain. This is he's going to be done. You know, ten years in the NBA, it was a great run. He's the all-time leading scorer already. It's over for him. Well, Wilt claimed that he was going to be back in fourteen to seventeen weeks. He had full surgery, and then he committed himself to rehabbing for ten hours a day. Here's the cliff notes of the rehab. He did hydrotherapy every single morning. Then he would come home and he would lift weights doing 105-pound knee raises and 140-pound hamstring raises for hours on end in the afternoons to strengthen his legs. Then he would go walk on the beach for seven to eight miles. Then he would perform volleyball-style workouts and eventually worked his way into playing beach volleyball. Then he would come home and swim. 
So, again, this is in 1969. By the spring of 1970, Wilt Chamberlain missed a total of four months and one week. That's it. A ruptured patella tendon when there was no real surgery to repair this. He comes back, and in his first game back on March 15, 1970, which is about, uh, what, 53 years ago last week, so almost to the day, he scores 27 points, 18 rebounds, 8 assists, and 6 blocks. The whole time I keep reading this book... It's just amazing because we still hear sometimes about the exploits of Wilt Chamberlain, mostly the 100-point game. That's what everybody always brings up. But he's also always sometimes like marginalized compared to Bill Russell because Bill Russell has 11 rings and Wilt has, I think, three. Three. And I don't know. For some reason, I don't know why it's not more tip of the tongue when people are talking about the greats of the game, talking about the Big Dipper. I just I don't get it after reading the I obviously have proximity bias because I'm reading this big book about him, but the dude is just like unbelievable. All of the the things, his endurance, his size and strength, like all of this stuff is just ridiculous. And the athlete he was outside of the game of basketball. 100%. Martial arts, track and field, I mean, volleyball, <laughs> boxing, weightlifting, powerlifting. Like we are I, I'm only to 1970 in this book. So Wilt is like in his late 20s or early 30s at this point. Already in this book, he's contemplated retirement to become a professional boxer. He's, what did I just say? He's, he's gone and played on a summer tour with the Harlem Globetrotters twice. Yeah. He has won a uh, U.S. track and field Olympic qualifying championship yeah. in the decathlon. Yep. This is all while he's being the best basketball player in the world. At seven feet tall, at seven, mind you. Like, at seven like, at two. S- yeah, at, I mean, seven plus. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite exploits of Will was when he was filming the second Conan movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Totally. And uh, they would, you know, kind of quick quick lift before going on set. So you get the pump. Get the pump and yeah, look yeah. extra swollen. And Arnold admittedly said, Will outlifted him. Oh, for and sure. And when you look at Arnold, right, Arnold's just swollen. Looks like he got for stung sure. by a colony of bees every three minutes. When you think about the size comparison, muscle oh. density, like, it almost shouldn't happen. Like, because Will's body doesn't look like Arnold's. For sure. But stronger pound for pound. And that, then, that's what's so striking watching that movie, too, is... Even with the camera angles, they're trying to make Conan look so big. And Arnold Schwarzenegger himself is like 6'4", 250. But Wilt is like a, a, just a, a half a human Behemoth. taller than Arnold in that movie. Well, during that movie, they were playing around. And Wilt grabbed Arnie kind of by his traps in his neck and literally picked him up. Oh, for sure. Like picked him up. One arm dead, like picked him up. The physical exploits of that man really go... There's dust on it like Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? There's just dust on it. But what happened with Wilt was his persona outside of the game marred his exploits within the game. For sure. And I think when, when, when you look at some of the greatest of the great athletes, if they were... Jerks outside of it, abusers, criminals, you sure. know, all those things. It really negates their, ex, uh, their physical exploits. Best example in for the football heads in the room, Terrell Owens. For sure. Right? Would it was you, even more profound back then, though, too, because you got to remember, the NBA wasn't on TV until the 80s. No. So all Wilt Chamberlain's exploits are getting told to the people via either the radio or, more importantly, the sports writers. Right. And this, some of the main, there's several main characters. It's so crazy how the world has changed in not that long of a time. But in Philadelphia, you used to have three newspapers. Mm-hmm. And so there was like six different guys writing about the 76ers when Wilt was there. You know, a beat writer and a columnist for all three papers. But there was certain of these guys that really spun Wilt as two things. Sort of a uh, an insecure guy that really wasn't uh, confident in his gifts and it always felt like everybody was slighting him, and a loser. And he was neither of those, but that really colored his reputation. And they also branded Bill Russell as this great champion. Right. Because Russell always won. The part of the Bill Russell legend that is sort of lost on people is that Russell played with six Hall of Famers. Yeah, he's... Wilt Chamberlain, when he got his Hall of Famers, like with his last season with the 76ers, when he had, you know, Hal Greer and Billy Cunningham and those guys, Mm -hmm. that team won 68 games and was the NBA champions. They beat the Celtics. That was one of the only two times Russell didn't win the championship because they didn't go to the championship. And then when Wilt gets to L.A. and he's got Elgin Baylor and and Jerry West, he also wins the championship. So given the right teammates, he's certainly not a loser. It's just really interesting to me 
all of the different factors. There's so many factors. So many. That, co- so that many. color this uh, in, 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 during this time. Yeah, and I, that's why you mind the company you keep. Be care, make you know, make smart, wise choices, and uh, play within the confines of your game. Not trying to say stay in your lane because I don't particularly care for that statement. Yeah. But there's something about like I don't know. Will Chamberlain. He's 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 an enigma unto himself. Well, and also so much of the branding of those guys that played the 60s and 70s yep. is about how the NBA decided to remember you, right? Truth. D- Dr. J, because of the ABA days and the, and the multicolored ball and the dunk contest, he was a little bit later, right? too. But he sort of became like the brand of, of the 76ers, mm-hmm. you know, instead of Wilt, right? Mm-hmm. Jerry West is the logo. Right. So people always thought Jerry West... Truth. Between... between in the pre-Magic Johnson days, it was it was Jerry West, right? Mm-hmm. Bill Bill Russell is the great champion of the Celtics, the regal leader, you know. And the NBA is is building your myths, and for whatever reason, because Wilt Chamberlain, you know, bounced around, played for, you know, the Philadelphia Warriors, and then the Philadelphia, then the San Francisco, Francisco. Warriors, and then the Philadelphia 76ers. Mm-hmm. I think people missed that part too. When Phil, Will Chamberlain's from Philadelphia, and he played for two different Philadelphia franchises, yes. he's one of the only players to ever do that. Played in the same city for two different NBA franchises because he played at the 76ers when they were an expansion franchise after the Warriors had already moved out. But I, there's just Fountain so, of knowledge. But there's just so many parts of it that that go into it, right? The fact that. He does have things going on outside basketball. A ton of them. He's got you know girlfriends from coast to coast. He was one of the first athletes in America that was open and proud of having interracial relationships. Like there's Truth. so many different things Truth. that colored people's opinions of this guy. He was polarized, villainized, ionized. If right. you can, uh, he he just he had a lot going on. What he also did not have, going back to some of the teams that you mentioned before, he didn't have the the spectrum of like players around right, him. Right. When I mean players, I don't mean abilities, but just personas and personalities right. as well. Where you can kind of write a you can write a book about right. the Lakers. You can write a book about the Celtics. You can write a book about the Bulls. Yeah. Um because they have heroes, goats, and villains right. all across right. the board. And with Wilt it, it, it kind of reverberated and resonated back to him. Oh, and he also goes through like the giant complex, right? Shaquille O'Neal kind of went through this as well, where you're so physically dominant right. that if you don't just dominate everybody all the time and just rip their heads off and just always, always, always win, then you get hated on, right? Like, well, we'll- I, my, my thing, like, my take each, you know, seven-plus footer into their own individual context. Sure. We've had some seven-footers that have been straight garbage. Totally. Like, because my thing is that if you can do what you can do at that height and that weight, like, you're ridiculous. Like, just absolutely ridiculous. It's it's best summed up by the fact that, like, Wilt Chamberlain won three rings, Shaquille O'Neal won four rings, and people think that they're underachievers. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, eye roll, please. <laughs> totally. Yeah, give this, me a break. This got me thinking about, though, athletes that uh, legends remain strong. Because there's there's the Chuck Klosterman theory. Chuck Klosterman was talking about this on Bill Simmons' podcast recently. That it, it sort of 50 years is, is sort of like the shelf life of a legend having, like, omnipresent powers. After 50 years, the legend starts to fade. Well, Wilt Chamberlain... His prime is is a little bit more than 50 years ago, right? And now you've had multiple generations of players right. that have come up and, and, and you know, stepped up in the hierarchy of, of the legends, right. right? But then there's some guys that, that still resonate to this day. You know, Babe Ruth still has this unbelievable legend, even though it's been a hundred, a hundred years for Babe Ruth, 75 years for Mantle. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to talk about some of the, uh, the legends that have uh, faded, legends that still remain. One that I think, and I, I hope we can keep it alive, because I just think he's such a fascinating character. It's actually the next one in our book here, The 100 Greatest Sports Heroes. Well, Jim Seabrook, by the way, rolling with me, Colton Nuanas here on ESPN Radio. Uh, it is Nuanas now. Thanks for listening here on your Wednesday. Coming up in about 25 minutes, got some free wings, the Desperado Sports Tavern and Give Grill it to for me. you. If you've been following along, we've been doing The 100 Greatest Sports Heroes out of this book by Mac Davis that was printed uh, circa 1958. It's amazing because uh, we're almost through. This has a couple more pages left. It's in alphabetical order. We are on page 138. There's 145 pages. There's about seven athletes left. Perhaps the best athlete in this book that was currently playing when this book came out is Ted Williams. He was in his, uh, I think, 18th professional season when this book came out in 1958. 
18th. I please note that 18th, and probably had another job selling cars and insurance on <laughs> See, the side. That's the part about Ted Williams that's among the most amazing things to me. He was objectively uh, the greatest hitter in the game during his prime. Uh, he famously hit 400 in 1941. In fact, he hit 406 that year. Last player to finish a regular season with a 400 batting average. But then in 1943, two years after hitting 400, the Marines grabbed Williams and sent him off to war. He lost three seasons of Major League play. In 46, he was back with the Red Sox. For the first time, he showed his remarkable capacity to come back. In the four years that followed, so put this in perspective, dude goes and fights in World War II for three years and then comes back and hits 342, 343, 369, and 382, wins three batting titles in four years. Oh, don't worry. In 1952, he also uh, goes back to the military. At the age of 34, he flies 39 missions during the Korean War, miraculously escaping death several times. And uh, finally, after those 39 missions, he's sent home again. So this guy missed five full and then a part of another season fighting in wars. Then when he comes back in 1954... He dives for a fly ball 18 minutes into his first spring training game, shatters his shoulder. He's only out for two and a half months, comes back, and, oh, guess what? Wins the batting title again. At the time of this book's printing, 1957 was the final season before this 58 copyright. At age 39, Ted Williams achieved perhaps his most significant feat. He won his seventh American League batting championship and became the first $100,000 athlete in all of pro sports. $125,000 in 1957 for winning a seventh batting title at the age of 39. That's a guy you cannot forget about, man. Straight dog. I mean, like, the... I just think that people always want to compare and contrast athletes from different generations. If you can take three years off and fight in a world war and come back and hit 380, you can hit it in any, in any area. Dude, Dude, I know guys that take three weeks off, come back 50 pounds heavier, <laughs> got PTSD out the wazoo, complaining about their mamas and not enough sauce on their buffalo wings and can't play another down quarter of period. Come on, son. I like this cat. Give me some, t- give me some Ted W. <laughs> Gotta love it. Other guys that I think were unbelievable that maybe memories have faded just a little bit. Rocky Marciano, he was the last, last heavyweight champion to retire undefeated. He was 49-0, and 43 of them by knockout. He beat some of the great champions of all time, including beating Joe Lewis, which was an, another one of the uh, guys I thought maybe his legend has faded just a little bit just because it's been you know, close to 100 years. But Joe Lewis was a pioneer uh, both because of uh, breaking down racial barriers but also because of his, I mean, I don't think we'll ever even see again a guy that defends his title 25 consecutive times. Like now, if you even defend your title 10 times, that's You're a, great. I think Mike Tyson defended it 13 times during his awesome run before he went to, to prison. Yep. 25 is an unbelievable Unheard number. Unheard of. During those title that title reign, uh, he also, Joe Lewis also beat Max Bauer, Max Schmeling, James J. Braddock. Uh, Jersey Joe Walcott. I mean, all of those are all-time great heavyweights of that time. Absolutely. As well. The last couple guys, before we got to uh, take a quick break here. Got to pay some bills. Uh, the other the other two guys that landed on my list that are maybe uh, a little bit underrated, not remembered as well as they should be, but we got to keep the legends alive. Jim Brown. Yeah. Similar story, just in terms of breaking down racial barriers and also, uh, you know, doing things outside of just sports. But also, I mean. Yeah. I think inarguably one of the best running backs in the history of football. Actually, not only that, on from a professional level, also one of the best collegiate athletes ever for both football uh, and lacrosse. For sure. At Syracuse, old number 44, number one of my idols. Know your history, folks. <laughs> I love it. Jim Brown and Jackie Robinson both share that. They were great lacrosse players. So mm-hmm. uh, amazing, the, uh, the multi-sport athletes. And the last guy I wrote down, and I think both Jim Brown and Fran Tarkenton is the other guy I wrote down, their reputations are colored by the no Super Bowl. Fran Targets had played in four, lost four. Jim Brown won multiple NFL championships. There just wasn't a Super, Super Bowl, Bowl yet. yet. Right? Jinx, you owe me a kombucha. <laughs> as long as you don't eat jelly beans first. Right, James Seabrook? Come on, son. Ryan Shackett here. Uh, on Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Let's go. Thanks to our great friends over at Dazzler's Car Wash for all their support during the month of March, taking us on the road for our tournament takeover, helping support us for our bracket challenge and our second chance challenge. A Dazzler's Car Wash has established excuse me, a reputation as the uh, most thorough car wash in the Garden City. 
Treat your car like it deserves to be treated at Dazzler's Car Wash, located at 2610 Radio Way in Missoula. NFL offseason, who upgraded, who didn't? I don't know if anybody did anything yet. That's next. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. One, two, three. One is now on ESPN Radio. I was listening to that, I think, when I was in, like, ninth grade Let's in go. high school. See, I, you sent a couple, Special Ed is the artist. You sent a couple yeah. of those along lately. That That's sweet. Oh, the whole the whole riff is the... Is that dude a New York guy? Or is it? He's a Brooklyn dude. Okay. Yeah, all Brooklyn right, dude. Right, right. So, you know, before technology really kicked in with the World Wide Web, sure. um, <laughs> you know, musicians especially young pop, you know, up-and-coming musicians, everything was really regionalized. Yeah. Like, you had your Northeast, your Southwest. I mean, that's just the way music was because the radio was such a big promoter and producer of things that things kind of were within your broadcast range. And, uh, you know, late 80s, early 90s, or mid mid to late 80s, early 90s, um, Special Ed was a... He had, like, three huge, huge songs, and that one was one of the best. And that whole... It's just a, it's it's a sick bass line and guitar riff. So yeah, that's a good one. Thanks for playing. Oh yeah, dude. Hip hop histories with Rad James Seabrook here on Nuanas Now. Welcome back. Hope you have a great Wednesday. Let's talk some NFL. Let's do it. Um, first of all, uh, Ezekiel Elliott out in Dallas. See ya. Are you stoked about? It? I mean, bye. It's interesting because Zeke Elliott he personifies multiple different things. He's he's sort of the cautionary tale of the guy that. Can't quite get it together. He's in the news for the wrong reasons. All, all the wrong reasons. All the time. He's also a guy, though, that uh, had his star rise so high because of where he's playing at and also because of a couple years worth of performance. But then he's also been sort of chasing that that top level and then nothing's good enough. So, I mean, he's had 1,000 yards a couple times oh, in recent years. He just hasn't had, like, that 1,700-yard year that he got, that one year that it got him paid. So... I don't know. I mean, is this that big of a loss for Dallas, or does he even have any left in the tank? I mean, it, he's also sort of this microcosmic example of guys, they can have a two- or three-, four-year span, and then after that, they can't be the same level of guy because that's just running back in the NFL. Just, you know, would you be effective after getting into, like, I don't know, 68 car accidents every, you know, other week? No, right. You know, like, that's just that's what happens. The wear and tear has is, is definitely caught up with them. Um, I also think that um, I'm, I'm glad he's not playing for Dallas. Why? Yeah. Because... He won't be scoring touchdowns against the Giants two times a year. So I'm really glad he's gone. Um, I, I I feel for him because I feel that he did give a lot to Dallas. And and he was rewarded handsomely financially. Uh, but the way they just kind of strung him out and didn't put the I, I, what I would deem the necessary pieces around him on the offense to kind of open it up and, and take Dallas over their own hump um, just never came into fruition for him. But uh, for, you know, six, 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 maybe seven years, he's... Uh, He's he's been a bruiser. He effective when needed. Uh, a dude I wouldn't want to tackle personally, but we'll see we'll see where he ends up and where he shakes out. The other NFC East rumor. Sorry, I'm playing the special ed on my phone. Uh, the other NFC East rumor was that Darius Slay of the Philadelphia Eagles might be getting released. Uh, that's not true though. He signed a contract extension with Philly. So um, did you? I mean, Philly's been amazing. Like, and I know Andrew Houghton's back there being like, "Yeah, I know, dude. I know." Um, <laughs> what What's cool about Philly is uh, usually after you know a team either 
wins or loses the Super Bowl, there's a mass exodus of players, right? All right. of a sudden, the guys that make it to the Super Bowl are all Americans, all you know, all time, all right, worldly. Right, there's right. just a trend. Philly's done a great job of keeping the band together. Like when you look at some of the the the, the pieces that they have decided to re-sign early and not allow to slip out of house, um, I, I tip my hat to Philly, even though you know that's an enemy within the rival for my Giants. I I really like the way they're doing business outside of the game of football. Um, smart club. There's been a little bit of quarterback movement. None of it besides maybe Rogers to New York moves the needle for me. Uh, you know, I think that maybe you could say the Saints upgraded at quarterback with Derek Carr, but I actually am one of the guys that thinks that Jameis Winston isn't as bad as the broad narrative that he set the single-season record for picks in a season. I think Jameis Winston could be pretty good still, and I don't know how much different him and Derek Carr are. Derek Carr is certainly less risky. Uh, and then same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo moving in to Vegas. I don't really know if that moves the needle at all. Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr are like the exact same. They're like right in the middle. They're the litmus test of, you know, if you're better than those guys, you're probably pretty good. And if you're not as good as those guys, you're not very good. Well, I, I would say Derek Carr is head and shoulders above Garoppolo. You think so? Well, buddy, the best ability to have is availability. And when sure. you look at Garoppolo's yeah. body yeah. of work, like he's just not available. You can't be good. I don't care how good you are. If you're not on the field, you're not good. You aren't any good. Sorry for the English lovers of the, in, the, in, in the house tonight. Uh, no, I just, I don't, I, I, I have very little stock in Jimmy G just due to his, uh, history of injuries. Uh, it's, it's, they had to plug someone. He's a good looking guy that will sell tickets and jerseys e- immediately. But how long will he stay in a game? Are we looking at 11 games? Are we looking at 12 games? Are we looking at six games? Uh, right. he just, he's prone to injury. So we'll see, we'll see, uh, what shakes out as far as quarterback, going back to what you started on, uh, Coulter, I feel like it's a lot of lateral movement when at yeah. that position right now. So, um, Aaron we'll Rodgers see. is an objective upgrade in New York, both because Aaron Rodgers is a, a reigning MVP, but or not a reigning MVP, but a multiple time MVP. Yes, sir. But also because of he stepped into a situation where it was a train wreck at quarterback last year. Like when <laughs> when you're like really truly starting Joe Flacco, <laughs> like because the rookie you drafted out of BYU Zach Wilson is awful, then you, you got issues. Joe Flacco, yeah, man, that's just that's. That's like, you know, asking Joby, Jacoby Brissett to take you to the Super Bowl three years in a row. Just not going to happen, brother. That's just called wishful thinking, a wing and a prayer. The, just some random additions to the uh, the transfer, or the, I, I should say, free agent transfer market. Transfer portal. Yeah, I, I got Same transfer portal stuck in my head. It's all right. Uh, here's some stuff that, did, just from the last couple of days of transactions, stuff that just jumps to the top of the page. Devin Singletary leaving uh, Buffalo and signing with the Texans. Woof. Uh, you're, you're not going to get much going there, although he hasn't didn't have much going in Buffalo. Buffalo, but a better team. But Buffalo's biggest weakness is they can't run the ball. Brandon Cooks, who's been good, and you probably thought he was better than he was because you had him in fantasy or something once upon a time, but still, he's an okay player. Serviceable. Uh, he signs with the Dallas Cowboys. Yes. So that's interesting. Mike Gusecki, who I thought had some potential with the, uh, with the Miami Dolphins and was okay. He signs with the Patriots. Which I think so, is a very smart move for the Pats. Very dumb move for the Dolphins. He just didn't fit into the current regime. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, Rajim Seabrook rolling. I didn't know Solomon Thomas signed with the Jets. That's yes. pretty good time. Big yes. time. Solomon Thomas is a great player in San Francisco. A defensive lineman. Jets had a big trade today. Uh, Elijah Moore, gone. And, and at long last, because Elijah Moore was half the problem with Zach Wilson last year. Zach Wilson has a lot of problems. On the field, off the field. A lot field. of problems. Mommy is. <laughs> Mommy's friends issues, baby. Hey, hey keep it in the fam. <laughs> oh, this is ridiculous. That got all played out because Instagram exists. We digress. Um, Again. Elijah Moore, though, was like pretty adamantly open about his being disgruntled last year, and he yes. was talking about wanting to get traded. And So getting rid of that guy is probably a good thing, even if he is a decently talented player. A headache is a headache. you got to get rid of it somehow, either by taking mass amounts of Tylenol or asking someone to leave the building. I have a, a co-worker who had to let someone go. Sometimes it's okay to free up someone's future, right? That's pretty good. There it is. The last one to talk about here, we'll, we'll keep talking NFL uh, second hour as well. Um, the Chicago Bears traded the number one overall pick. Oof. They got a ton back a for ton. it. DJ Moore is a great receiver. Great acquisition. And they also got a, a later on in the first round pick this year, a first round pick next year, and then I think three other picks after that. So Carolina gets the number one pick. That's probably good for them. Uh, but I think that this move, first of all, is setting the Bears up for the now and the later. But also, it's uh, 
a pretty big vote of confidence for Justin Fields. They're basically saying, we think Justin Fields is better than C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or Will Levitt or any of these guys that maybe are going to go number one overall. Mm-hmm. Well, I like it. I mean, we're going back. They get D.J. Moore, a first-rounder this year, a second-rounder this year, and then a first-rounder in 24 and a second-rounder in 25, which, depending on where that second-round pick, like you can sometimes trade that and get up into the back end of the first round if right. it's a high second-round pick. So I applaud what Chicago has done. One of the best franchises historically in the NFL. It's good to kind of see them get, trying to get back on track to, to, to being competitive and building around a very young and talented quarterback. We got free wings for you because we do that every Wednesday. We have for a decade plus. I got myself some wings at the Desperado on uh, Sunday. They were well worth the wait. We'll give you some free wings and we'll talk about the latest bad decision maker in pro sports. What's Rajim think of Ja Morant? I can't wait to hear this take. Juan is now ESPN Radio. Of all of the groups that uh, Rajim has taught me about, it's De La Soul that's probably the one that like resonates the most. I, I they're the ones I was like the least familiar with. It's a kombucha, folks. Don't worry. Uh, but De La Soul is is I didn't know much at all until we started hanging out a couple years ago. You, and like now, every day, every time you come in, we're rocking at least one De La Soul. So this is like your favorite. Well, they are. They were. Um I don't even know. They were just ahead of their time. Yeah. Uh, the Soul folks, great uh, instrumental group of the their uh, the mid to uh, mid to, to late eighties. They gave way to the mass sampling. Sure. Um, they 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 which they got sued for because no one knew what to do with it at that time. But it gave way to sampling. Like we, a lot of the music we hear today is overly sampled. Sure. It's been. Sampled, you know, from the 20s, the 1800s, like just music has been sampled uh, across the board. But these guys took it to a whole new level. They also gave uh, what is known as the skit in certain hip hop and even rock and roll albums. There are skits in between songs to kind of give it more flavor. Uh, Prince Paul and De La Soul, famous, if not infamous for it. And then... uh, what they also gave for hip hop was the intro to an album and the outro uh, was very, very different uh, sort of feel. And at that time when hip hop was very polarized between being, you know, on the pre, on, right on the, the toes of uh, gangster rap, but coming off of very Afrocentric uh, conscious rap, De La Soul was, they were the hip hop hippies. They were talking about flowers and they were from Long Island and we're talking about doing things peacefully and didn't need to curse or brandish weapons to kind of get their message across. So they were instrumental outcasts at the same time, like almost Mm. a a necessary evil, uh, if you will, but gave way to what is uh, known as the native tongue family, Um, gave us people like Busta Rhymes, Queen Latifah, Moni Love, leaders of the new school, Black Sheep, uh, and then later, Most Deaf, you know, Common, who is, you know, was just on that last one. So, uh, you know, as hip hop turns 50 years old, this at the end of this summer, it's it's cool to kind of go down memory lane and realize how old this dusty vessel is getting. So educational. Rajim Seabrook rolling with me, Coulter Nuanas here uh, on your radio dial, on your television set, and on the ESPN MT app. Thanks for Kicking it with us here Let's go. Uh, on your Wednesday. I spent a good amount of time on Sunday down at the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. The advertising's working. They uh, they were jam-packed down there. But I had a great time just uh, watching my bracket fall apart, watching all my money get flushed <laughs> down the drain. Uh, I was watching Duke while they were cu- uh, cooking my wings. And uh, see you later, Blue Devils. Bye. That's what I get for betting on Duke for the first time in my life. Get me out of here. Uh, regardless, Despo... Great place to watch all the madness. Great place to enjoy yourself some hot wings. You want a basket of a dozen hot wings? The best hot wings in the city of Missoula? Call us right now. 406-888-1029. That's 888 Call number three. We got 12 wings for you. Two, the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Uh The NBA right now is a fascinating deal because the power has shifted. It was so all about the West. It was all about the East in the 90s because of Jordan's Bulls, and then it was all about the West for most of the first part of the 21st century. Oh, yeah. 
whether it's the Lakers or the Spurs or whatever, the Heat, Lakers, cer- Spurs, Warriors, Warriors, the Heat certainly had their run in there. The Celtics have got a championship and they've Absolutely. got in the finals a couple times, but mostly it's been about the way the Mavs have been in the finals multiple times, won a championship. So there has been, it's mostly been the West in the 21st century. Yes, sir. It's swung back the other way a little bit, though. The Warriors are probably going to make the playoffs as the defending champs. I still think they're a contender, even though they're going to go in as probably a five or six seed. Yeah. But everybody else out West are up-and-coming teams, whereas sort of the stalwart teams that are the real favorites are in the East. It's the Bucks, uh, it's the Celtics, Celts. and it's the 76ers, mm-hmm. and then maybe the Cavs are in there, but probably not. Probably those top three. Whereas in the West, you got a sort of unproven Nuggets team that's shown great regular, se- regular season success last couple of years, and then you got an upstart Memphis Grizzlies team that's also showed uh, great regular season success, but they need to take the next step. Mm-hmm. They have a guy that I think a lot of folks around the NBA really want to become one of the faces of the league, a guy that's one of the rising stars in the league, and that's John Morant. Morant has gone from uh, sort of potential-laden top draft pick to then very good player to then definitely you know an all-NBA-type talent these last couple of years. But now he'll, he'll play again tonight, but he's been off for the last eight games because he got himself suspended because pretty much he's an idiot. What do you think of this whole situation? Well, uh, he kind of reminds me of a modern-day Plaxico burst. Whoa, that's a pretty good one. So for those that don't know the whole deal here, John Morant basically got caught. Uh, He was at a gentleman's club. (laughs) And there was pictures of that being posted around the Internet, which, first of all, you're so dumb. Don't do that. You can take pictures wherever you want, but like, just don't. I don't know. It's just beyond me. I, I'm not trying to post pictures of anything when I'm out and about, let alone if I'm have some private, have right, some goof. Regardless, in a couple of these pictures, there was John Morant brandishing a gun. Yes. The reason this is controversial is, well, first of all, he's in a public place brandishing a gun. That's controversial in itself. But there's also a new policy in the NBA where if you bring a gun on a plane. Regardless if it's a legal weapon or whatever, if you bring a gun on a plane mm-hmm. on one of your road trips, then you're getting a, a fat suspension. And I think yep. there's been talk of 50 games, 100 games, whatever. He ends up getting eight games. But either way, it's a guy that's fast-tracking towards a max contract if he plays his cards right. He's a guy that's been on a top couple, top two, three, four team in the West the last couple of years, one of the burgeoning stars in the league. I, it's just so ridiculous to me that somebody would risk their future like this. Well, it's because, you know, you've heard me say this uh, in relation to some of the athletes I've helped coach. And I say it to my son and I say it to people I care about. Mind the company you keep. Sure. You know, like when you are when you are kind of out there like that and you are a young millionaire, like look at the people around you. If they're not about you, then they're if they're not about themselves, they're not going to be about you. And someone in his camp, his entourage should have been like, hey, John, man, sit down. Like, or let's get out of here. Like, the fact that that was allowed to happen around possible teammates and or friends, those aren't good peeps, man. Right. Find the company you keep. I mean, it's Nick Saban had his now uh, very quickly infamous rant earlier this week where he was suspending one of his players uh, for the foreseeable future. And he had the, the line that he says, there's no such thing as wrong place, wrong time. No. Mind the company you keep. Mind, mind com- where you're at. Make choices. Saban was also talking out of both sides of his mouth because he was taking shots at the basketball team and the situation with Brandon Miller, which is a whole different mess that's, that's going how, on. That's next segment, folks. Yeah, right? Uh, Woo. But I agree with you. You, you got to be mindful of who you keep. And, man, it's like when you are fast-tracking towards maybe making a quarter of a Billion dollars? Billion. You can use use the Austin Power I, voice. Billion. And like, man. Man. In the NBA, that you're, you're going to be guaranteed most of that money, too. So all you got to do is get to that point. You just got to get there. You got to make good decisions until you sign that contract. You know what? I, I'm fine with... Your agents know their players better than people know uh, or are or, or privy to knowing. I would say put a no, like, Put an Insta- no Instagram clause in the contract during the season. Like, during the season, you're already in the spotlight enough, and I'm not trying to censor. I don't want folks to sure. hear, think that I'm trying to censor people, but, like, the immortal words of Wu-Tang, protect your neck, son. <laughs> like, come on. Like, you, you've, got, you've got to have a bit more common sense about you. Sure. A quarter of a billion dollars. You do that right. It's like Jay-Z says, flip that money. Your great, great, great grandchildren will be living well if you do it right. For sure. But you want to be in the quote-unquote gentleman's club, holding a pistola, looking like a, a punk on Chump Street? Go ahead and do that. But don't sit in your therapist crying about it six months from now because people don't want to touch you. 
Hire me, man. I'll, I'll guide you there. I'll guide you right. This is what I always say, man. If, if, if you have a certain level of success, but you also have a certain level of fame that's going to have people out to get you, if you're going out, hire somebody else to drive your car. Totally. No matter what. If, if you're scared, even get if a bodyguard. You even if you don't even drink, have somebody else drive your car. Get a bodyguard. And get a bodyguard. Yep, you can you can buy him two guns, and he can carry the guns. You don't need the guns. Give it give it to that big thick neck fool that looks like a walking I mean, sausage. Uh, yeah, get, or and you read these biographies about the guys like the Magic Johnsons of the world. I mean, Magic Johnson was mobbing around L.A. always with a bodyguard. Straight up, because he's also need to fight. He's got a pretty face. You you knock his teeth out, you lose all his money because he loses all the dollars. He doesn't need. I mean, he's been famous since he's 18, so he doesn't know how to fight because he's never been in a fight. So you need to need some basketball to, players don't know how to fight. You ever <laughs> see basketball right. players throw hands? But that's totally fine, man. You are what you are, so just have somebody else protect you. Or man, if life is that bad sure. that you need to be protected and you got to stay that strapped, keep your silly self at home. Have a lot of dinner parties on your million and a half dollar mansions see, and see, just chill. See, that's see. what. Hey, this is, this it don't cost no money for common sense, son. This is what one of my boys was saying. He was saying, if you just mind your P's and Q's for a minute, yeah, you'll never have to go to the gentleman's club again. Be, not that you have to anyways. You can just build your own. You can just have one at your house. You can have whatever you want at your house. You can have a bowling alley. You can have... You can have this party going on, this party going on. You can have whatever you want if you make a quarter of a billion dollars. Son, I would not be out there spending money on people who don't care about me. I'd have little dinner parties, but I'm 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 old. I'm I'm cut from a different cloth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, Wise wisdom. Hey man, that's why you gotta keep the pockets fat, not flat. Doing what that fool does, he's gonna be out there being like, Would you like fries with that? Speaking of, mm, uh, mm, did we mm. get somebody to win wings to that they're gonna want some fries with? Congratulations to our winner. Thanks to the Desperado. Sports Tavern and Grill, you need somewhere to watch. The Sweet 16, the Elite 8 action this weekend. Head on down to the Despo there on Russell Street right across from the YMCA. That's right. Best wings in the city of Missoula. They also have great uh, beer selection, French fries. I had a hamburger there the other day. Exquisite. Very good. Uh, go check out the Despo. And uh, always tune in on Wednesdays Cody's place. Wing It Wednesday here on Nuanas Now. Our ESPN Roundtable, March Madness style. Next, keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 